Hey, all you fierce females in medicine. Welcome back to Dr. Me First, a podcast all about authentic conversations between female physicians. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life. And I'm so excited to keep bringing you these conversations that are to bring encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and your practice. There's absolutely no reason anymore to feel alone in medicine because this is a community of truth-speaking, life-saving, and fierce females who want to support and lift one another up. Today's episode is number 33, and I am talking with Dr. Erica Howell. She is an amazing physician who we actually bonded over Elf on the Shelf. Yes, guys, the little elf that I so despise, I found a new friend through him. And the other amazing thing is this episode is airing the same week that Dr. Howell is taking a group of female physicians to the Cayman Islands. So exciting. She'll talk more about her conference, what's happening this week while they're there, and how you could maybe get involved in the future. I plan to have my butt on the Grand Caymans uh, next year, so I hope that you all will join me as well. And enjoy this episode. Her word is stepping away, and I didn't know where she was going to come with this at first, but I think you will be pleasantly surprised. So listen to their conversation and then stick around afterwards for a kick of encouragement. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Erin Wiseman back again with my guest, Dr. Erica Howe. And she is going to do her introduction and tell you guys all about herself. Sure. Hey there. Uh, So my name is Erica Howe. I am an academic hospitalist by training, board certified internist. Uh, and I practice at the University of Kansas Medical Center, and that's my clinical practice. And then beyond that, I've got a bit of a side gig. Uh, it started out as the CEO of the Medical Educator, which is actually a set of online teaching skills courses uh, and conflict management courses that you can kind of access 24 hours a day whenever you like to kind of gain more skills in that. And it doesn't have to be a live session that you go to in the middle of your busy clinical day. But from that, I've actually also developed and am launching uh, the first Women Physicians Wellness Conference in Grand Cayman. So that's me. You're such a baller. You know that. (laughs) I love it. I love any and everybody who's trying to make us all more well. Because like before we hopped on the recording, you know, we were talking about that we worry about our own physicians being as burned out as we are because we don't want to lose them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We were talking about, I had gone in to my pediatrician's office and I had walked out with my son and he had asked me, which this was just the best question ever. He said, mommy, are all doctors women? And I thought that was incredible. That was amazing. That's actually what I want to hear from my son is that he thinks that all doctors are women because we've made a point of going to women physicians throughout his childhood. And of course, his father is actually a physician. So I had to remind him of that little details, but that just warmed my heart so much. And then the next thought out of my head before I could even recognize it was, you know, gosh, if she's as burnout as I am, then I'm not going to have her around for very long. And I, it really kind of reset for me and reframed that I need to be thinking about not just how I overcome some of these obstacles and the strategies that I'm using to gain more balance in my life and manage motherhood with my clinical career and, 
you know, all of the kind of time demands on that. But I also need to be making sure that other women have this same knowledge and have these same strategies and tools that I've got um, along the way so that we're all better off for it, so that, so that we're not losing women uh, in clinical medicine as often, because, because we really are right now. There's plenty of us who are stepping away, um, either temporarily or permanently, because we're fried. And it's, it's just, you know, I want to have a woman physician as my doctor and treating me. And there's so many studies that show how, um, how much better care we get, uh, decreased mortality rates, readmission rates, hospitalizations, the list goes on and on. I want that for myself. I want that for my family. But that means that I've got to start taking actions to make sure that, you know, the women around me are doing okay too. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's one of those things too that I found, like once I got myself to a well enough point, Mm -hmm. then absolutely it was like, okay, now we got to start spreading this magic out to as many other people as possible. Because like you said, it's just together we rise with all of it. So I am so excited. We won't get into your word yet, but I know that this podcast is going to launch in the spring after your wellness conference. But tell me what you're expecting from when you do your wellness conference. Absolutely. Well, so it's, it's three days. So it's a short amount of time, uh, but it's long enough to really kind of step away for a minute. Uh, it's also, uh, if, you, if you'll notice it, I do it in the middle of the week, like Tuesday to Thursday, because I want you to tack on a vacation at the front end or the back end of that. I, I think we, as women physicians, don't give ourselves enough permission to own some time off and some time to relax and restore. So I've tried to actually force you into it a little bit, <laughs> make sure that, gosh, well, if I'm flying out on a Tuesday, maybe I'll just stay Friday and Saturday. So one, I want it to be restorative for you. Um, so the conference only goes till noon. It's only in the mornings, the afternoons you have free to, you know, have my permission to go take a nap, go talk to other women and kind of compare notes, um, or just sit and relax on the beach, go do an excursion, whatever you like. But then when you're in the conference, you know, my goal is that this is a very interactive conference. This is not kind of sitting and getting lectured at. Um, each of the women who's presenting these are national and international women physician speakers. They've all been there. They've been through the same stuff that we've been through. Um, they are all clinical. Uh, they've had those experiences. They've had those challenges. And now they're coming and presenting not just their narrative, not just their story, but also like, hey, this is what worked for me. This is the strategy that I used. This is how I overcame it. And then uh, there's a big portion of it that is actually just a discussion-based, reflection-based time in each session to sit around a round table with other women physicians and compare notes and talk about, like, here's my situation. What would you do in this? You know, what would you do here? Um, Here's the challenge I met up against. What would you do? What are your suggestions? And really using these other women physicians as a brain trust. I want you to build some community, build a tribe. Um, you know, get to know other women in other departments and start to realize that we're, we don't have to work in silos. We don't have to live in silos. You know, I think, you know, when it comes to residency and sometimes fellowship, you're, you know, you're going through the same path with all these other women physicians and men physicians, and you're comparing notes along the way. And I had these great girlfriends in medical school and residency. And then suddenly I got into my job. We started having kids. and I wasn't giving myself permission to make time for those same wonderful women. And I was losing out on getting their experiences and their strategies along the way. And I think that hurt me and that hurt them. 
So that's what I want all of us, all of these women to come together and start to build up again is kind of your own tribe, your community of other women physicians that you can reach out to, uh, not just during the conference, but even afterwards. Yeah, that's wonderful. Because as I see you and other ones of our colleagues and even myself trying to put retreats on, like, this is going to become a thing. It's going to yeah. be like Dr. MomCon. Like, yes. we're going to have to pick a city. <laughs> And get all together and do it in one huge pace, or maybe go pick a um, tropical country somewhere and do there you go. hashtag Dr. MomCon somewhere. There you go. <laughs> it sounds phenomenal, and I think Aww. it really is going to be an amazing event. I can't wait to hear the reports that come back on it and everything like that. So, anybody who's listening, check it out. I'll have the link in the show notes so that if you can't make it to this one, um, you can check the website out and see about future postings. So you can go ahead and get it on your calendar. Absolutely. With that said, our words today are stepping away. Tell me Mm -hmm. why you pick those. You know, you know, it gets back to us not taking times for ourselves. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but I get home, I have a few minutes to myself And instead of just sitting down and doing something that kind of restores me and clarifies my mind, clears my mind a little bit, I find myself, you know, getting the laundry done or doing the dishes or doing something that's not helping me at all. And so when I thought of the conference and created the conference, I wanted it to be uh, someplace tropical, someplace relaxing, someplace you would want to go anyway. So Grand Cayman, who doesn't want to go there? Um, And I wanted it to be the kind of conference that you could give yourself permission to really walk away from your clinical duties and your home life for a minute and really start to reflect on where's my career going and where do I want it to go? And am I on track? Am I off track? What are the things that I need to do to get back in the direction that's going to fulfill me the most and make me the happiest? I feel so often like when you go to a typical conference, one, it's jam packed. So I've been to some amazing professional development conferences and leadership conferences, and they're 10, 12 hours a day, and I'm exhausted at the end of the day, and I mean to go back to my hotel room and think about it and reflect and journal on it and do all these things, and I don't. I just crash uh, because I'm already tired coming in, and then I'm even more exhausted at the end of the day. And then I leave the conference. I haven't had any time to reflect. I get on that airplane, and I got to start a clinical day the next day. And I've never had that chance to really kind of refocus based on what I just learned and think, how am I going to apply these strategies in my life moving forward and start to take action on it before I get back into that crazy workday again? And so that's what this is really supposed to be about. Stepping Um, away. I like it. Yeah. So I finally, you know, after being out into practice several years, I went to, um, the Coalition for Physician Wellbeing, it's an organization that I love. They had the, their conference in San Antonio. And yeah. I couldn't get a flight out like the, after the end of the conference till like 8 p.m. And I was going to have to like switch planes a couple different times to get back to Indiana. And so I just made the decision. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to pay the extra night stay, which was like $200. So, you know, I wanted to gag a little bit. But yes. I did. <laughs> you know what? It was the best decision that I have made in a really long time because it was during when the CrossFit games were going on. So I had my phone, I was streaming CrossFit games. I was sitting at the adult only pool, had too many margaritas, (laughs) but I did, I got to deep decompress. I mean, I still flew out at like, I think 6am the next morning, but just having that like extra 10 hours made a huge 
huge, huge, huge difference. So I would encourage people who can't get to this particular conference, take a day, take yes. one day yes. at the end of the conference or before the conference starts to literally sit by the adult pool and drink yes. margaritas and just let your brain wander. Yep. Because I had never let myself do that. It's like, go, go, go. You know, we are on right. like the treadmill of life and it is yes. going at like 9% incline. <laughs> well, it's just whipping, you know, like Level crazy. 20, yes. <laughs> and I've never been a good person to slow down or even better, step away from that treadmill just yes. for a second. And it's yes. amazing the emotional and mental lift when you give yourself permission to say, okay, the next couple hours are mine. Yes, yes it's going to cost a little extra money, but I always go back to the question of how much is inner peace worth to you? Yes, exactly. You better believe $200 was yes. way less than what I got out of that time. And I promise you, you know, when you're sitting on that overnight call or that night shift and you're exhausted and you've been exhausted for months, you're going to gladly wish you had paid for those $200 to have your sanity back, to have a minute to yourself to really just breathe again, you know, uh, and really focus on yourself and say, gosh, I felt restored from that. Yeah. So that's really what it's and about. Just be a person, be a yeah. woman again, because I think we do have to, we, you know, we feel like we have to put on that suit of armor, that facade of, a female physician and whatever yeah. that looks like for each person. Right. And it's just amazing with that time. You know, your words, when I first got them through your email, stepping away, I was thinking in a totally different direction. I oh, was thinking, like, my thought was like, what's Erica doing? Is she like stepping away from oh. her current <laughs> positions or what she's doing? <laughs> and I kind of like, but you know, that's, I think an interesting point that we need to bring up too, mm -hmm. stepping away that, so many times in my own minds leading up to this point, stepping away from clinical practice to me was failure. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. hack it. I couldn't do it. But you know what? Now that I've done it and I've like taken the break, I always I tell people now that I'm like on a short sabbatical, like that stepping away has been so refocusing. And right. you know, you always, there's always those fears that pop up in your mind. Like, oh my gosh, if I'm not practicing clinically, am I going to get in trouble with like my board or my state right. or my license? Or am I going to become irrelevant because I'm not going to know the exact dose of that medicine off the top of my head because I haven't been using it. But you know what? Like, so I, I kind of related this before when I was on maternity leave. Like, you know, you take some time away, right. you, you've got a new infant, so you're not thinking and processing well. But you know what? When you come back, there's a few little bumps, but you're still a damn doctor. Right. And honestly, you know where to access the information. You may not have, have accessed it recently, but you know how to access it again. You know what the system is like. You know how to reach that information when you need it. And I think that's half of the battle. Yeah, I, mean, I also feel like... it. You know, certainly there are times where we have gaps in our knowledge, but a lot of the time it's knowing the system, knowing what needs to happen next, where I need to go to fill in that gap when I need it. And, you know, that's not something that you lose. Absolutely. And that, I think that comes more from our own intuitions being like, okay, right. might be a little over my head right now. Maybe need to, yep. you know, ask some questions instead of, you know, just like blazing through it. But I think we let our own insecurities hold us mm -hmm. back when yes. we're like, no, maybe I do need to take a break for a little while right. and, and not let that insecurity of stepping away being failure, but instead of being like propelling you further. Exactly. Well, you know, and it's funny because I am one of those people that uses all of my vacation time and I'm very proud you. of that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I never did. And really? No. Oh, I was terrible I about it. I recommend you using all of your vacation I jobs. do now, but... Okay. <laughs> But in my first job, I guess in my previous life, I should say, I did not. <laughs> I mean, I remember one of the first times that we as a family were going to take a vacation after some of our kids were born. And I had been working for probably 18 months straight with no vacations because, you know, I was pregnant and then I had an infant and you don't want to really travel with an infant. Or if you do, good for you. But I am not good at traveling with an infant because <laughs> I want to lug all that stuff around with me. And so we finally decided we were going to go on a vacation and I put in for a two week vacation and which was kind of unheard of, to be honest with you. In fact, they actually came back to me and kind of clarified like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you really mean two weeks? I was like, yes, I did. Yes, I want that is what I wrote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, and it was funny, like the first five days I felt really kind of like, oh, I wonder what's going on at work. Maybe I should check my email. But I was trying to be really a good stickler about not accessing that and really just focusing on family and our time together. And I got to tell you, day 10 was fantastic. I mean, it really, by the time I came back, I was so reset and ready to come back to work and excited again. And I had suddenly all of these great ideas of things that I wanted that were next steps for courses I was teaching and things I was doing, you know, and I don't know that those ideas would have come to me without that time away to rest. You know what I mean? And to really kind of let my mind wander, let my mind kind of go in all these different directions and then kind of come back around to some really creative ideas about what I was doing. Yeah. I do that same thing. I teach a course about using your maternity leave to, oh. to affect your practice. I love it. Ooh, yeah. tell me about that. Yeah. So it kind of came from my own experience having done it three times, but um, really taking that time and giving other women physicians permission Yes. to process where they're at in life, to, um, to see the new role after you've brought in new life. Mm -hmm. Because my first child, to me, having a baby was just going to be another thing on the list. Mm. In fact, it just shook up the whole list. Right. right. And <laughs> so the course I talk about is um, kind of several steps to kind of think through since you're now on a semi-normal people schedule, except that you have a infant that may or may not be sleeping, um, but like going out for coffee during the day with girlfriends and seeing what that is like and just, yeah. you know, grocery shopping at reasonable hours of the day instead of always um, ordering Amazon Prime or delivery, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> using that to help determine. And then also getting some clarity around your practice, yeah. like, are, are you satisfied in your practice? Right. You know, what is going well in your practice? What is not going well in your practice? What are feasible changes? You know, and really looking at that because then you can use your leave to help determine, okay, how am I coming back? Am yep. I coming back? Because actually right. maternity leave is a really good time to clarify that, you know, yeah. is your job working for you or is it not? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, having some rejuvenation, um, and, and giving yourself permission and space to come back differently because right. you are now different. You're totally different. Well, and I've, I've actually, it's funny cause I also have three kids and being a three-time mom, there are a number of faculty that come up to you as first-time moms and saying, Hey, you know, I'm pregnant. Tell me how you do this with three kids. And one of my kind of famous quotes is there's nothing like a baby to clarify what your boundaries are. And that, I think that's actually a great thing. Because you get to say, 
no, I'm sorry. I have a baby waiting at home for me. I can't do that. I'm not going to accept the 6 p.m. meeting or the 7 a.m. meeting. Um, I'm not going to sign up for another committee or task force. I'm sorry. I can't do that grant right now because I have an infant. But the wonderful thing about that is that it continues on even when they're no longer infants. You can Once you've built those boundaries into your lives, which can be hard. I see a number of moms who, in the beginning of their careers, haven't set those boundaries and they're used to the same kind of mentality that got us into medical school, got us into residency, got us into fellowship, which was being that yes woman of any opportunity is a chance to add something to my CV and I'm going to take it. And, but that leads to a high rate of burnout really early on and having the chance to set that boundary for yourself, even before you have children, but certainly once you do is a really big benefit to be able to say, nope, you know what? Like time at home is just as valuable as my time here. And you cannot bleed into that. That's not going to be okay with me. And it's okay for me to start to say no for that. Yeah. And it is really important to start putting a value on your time because Mm -hmm. time is a commodity that you don't get back. And I think that's a really important thing that I try to impress on new moms and saying that, it's okay to take your time. It's okay to make things a priority that you think. And you know, and it's okay if you don't want to be the primary caregiver, if you do hire Mm -hmm. a nanny or you do something else, like, but you just have to really sit down and be intentional. And like, like we're using our word, step away from the situation and try to take an observer point of view on it instead of being in the middle of the whirlwind, because you can't think when you're in the middle of it all. Well, and I love that concept of being an observer. And I think one of the things that I try to encourage new moms to do is you're asking for advice from me, but every mother does it differently. Look around, observe the way everyone's doing it slightly differently or completely differently. You know, um, I have someone that's a coworker and she outsources a really large amount of that parenting and some of the duties that go along with it. And she's very happy with that. And I do it very differently from that neither one of those is right or wrong. It's simply what makes you happiest and where you get the most fulfillment. Everybody makes a different choice with how they parent, how they choose to spend their time, and how they manage their clinical careers. There's no right or wrong answer here. Look around at how everyone's doing it differently and then give yourself to do it differently for you as well and realize that there is no kind of um, you know, rule book here that you're supposed to follow. You do whatever works for you. Yeah. And I think it's important to identify in our own heads that the rule book that we've made, those pages can be torn out or changed. Yes, absolutely. Um, Because we all have things that were serving us at one time that were rules Mm -hmm. that we put in our own heads, but it's a really good idea to every once in a while, stop, pause, walk away, step away. Step away. (laughs) Make sure that those are still serving you. Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of like uh, probably every parent at some point or another before they were parents looked at like children in a restaurant or on an airplane and said, oh, my kids are never going to be like that. And then you have those children and they totally are like that. And you're dealing with the exact same issue you said you would never thought you would deal with. So, I mean, that rule book, whether you want it to change or not, it's constantly changing. I, and anytime I say never is when I can just guarantee that I'm going to eat my own words. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. With that. <laughs> so many times I can, yeah, exactly. You think you get the perception in your head and then reality smacks you up. Oh, totally. your face. The first time I traveled with my daughter and I, I was always that person like, why can't they quiet their child on the plane? 
Uh, we were in the last row. We booked a late night flight thinking my daughter would sleep through it. She was 10 months old. The air pressure bothered her ears. She screamed for three and a half hours. We were those parents 100% on the plane. I, I should have bought everybody a drink at the end, but yeah. So you just never say never. <laughs> you just go with it sometimes. Hashtag yep. you're doing fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with Hashtag there's no such thing as a mom fail. <laughs> no, there's not. There's absolutely not. And I, I think that's the important thing to do is um, give, your, give yourself permission to change, you know, yeah. in any situation. And, and oh, well, you know. Oh, well, Absolutely. that's what growth is, right? That's what growth is. Well, great. Anything else to leave with our listeners? Well, how about this? If people want to follow you on social media or contact sure. you, what's the best ways for them to get a hold of you? Absolutely. So um, there's the website, themedicaleducator.com, and that has the online courses. And then if you're interested in the conference itself, that is womenphysicianswellness.com. And that has all the information on it uh, as well. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, my personal uh, Twitter handle is how in a hurry, all one word, because I was in a hurry when I thought of it. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, for the conference itself, it's WPWConf. And then if you want to follow the medical educator that kind of talks about teaching skills and such, uh, that's the med ed. Beautiful. We'll get all that in the show notes. Thank Love you it. so much, uh, oh, thank Dr. You, for coming and talking with me. And I just, I was telling you before that I definitely Facebook stalk you and <laughs> I, I love Rebecca everything that you're doing. And if there's any ways that I can support you and collaborate with you, I'm going to be right there. Going to be Thank your butt you buddy. Thank so much. And right back at you. I love what you're doing. I love this podcast. So I'm excited to see lots of big things in the new year too. Whoop, whoop, you know it. I don't know about you, but I cannot wait to go to the next Women Physician Wellness Conference with Dr. Hal. She just brings so much life and energy into a room, and I would just be so excited to hang out with her on the beach. So I'm going to hurry up and get my ticket reserved for next year, and I hope that you do the exact same. So during our conversation, we we brought up about stepping away and how that can really help bring some clarity to your life. And so I want to read you a blog that I wrote um, almost a year ago about using maternity leave to find clarity. Your maternity leave could actually help you identify what your ideal life and practice are and if you are living in that or not. Because maternity leave is a great time to bond with your family and do some tasks that you wouldn't usually be able to do and or maybe take a small trip that you've been looking forward to. I say this because coaching other mom colleagues, they contact me a lot of times during maternity leave. Because during leave, you have somewhat quote unquote normal people hours to talk. But also as a physician mom, we have time away to reflect on our work and realize that our work or our work environment is maybe not the best for us and our families. I had one mom explain it to me like this. She said, maternity leave to me was like coming up from the deep end of the swimming pool and getting a fresh breath of air. I was able to go on play dates with other moms. I was able to pick up my kids from school. I was able to do just the things I'd always wanted to do, but couldn't because of my job. Now, as I'm getting ready to go back to the office, I'm really fearful about losing this. I want to know if I can still be a doctor and also have these other great experiences. 
And you know what I told her? I said, absolutely, you can have this. It's going to take some work and negotiation, but if this is the life that you crave and you want to live, then this is what we're going to work towards and this is what we're going to fight for. So mama, if you have had a similar experience, just know that change is possible. Your leave can show you that this could be the life that you should be living. A break away from healthcare perhaps can also renew why you love medicine. It may also show you where you need to modify your practice. So consider this. What are you loving about your life during this time? What things are you enthusiastic about that you don't want to have to do while you're on leave? Like, for instance, like you don't want to take call responsibility, but you realize that maybe call was more draining than your baby after the fact. And what are you dreading when you're going back? Again, I talk to a lot of moms who start to have that dread and that sense of overwhelm, not because of always leaving their baby, but because of what they know they're going back to in their practice. And if that's happening to you, it's really time to take a step back and say, whoa, what changes need to happen in my life? Because truly, bringing new life into a world, becoming a mother, it really does shake shit up. So if you feel like you're drowning in the deep end, if this sounds like you, it's time to come up to the light and get a breath of fresh air. And you can stay in the surface. You can swim in the swimming pool of life and love what you're doing. But it's going to take you modifying your life. But just know, I want to help you. So see my contact information in the show notes. Get a hold of me. Set up a call. We'll see how we can make your life and your practice much better. Did you know that currently this podcast is just about at 2,000 downloads in two and a half months? That means several hundred of us are coming together and hearing these conversations each and every time I drop episodes. When I think about that, it's just utterly amazing. And here's a shout out to all you in Texas. Right now, you are leading the market in downloads, so keep it up. But here's the thing. I need help to grow my reach. I would really love to have you seriously consider supporting this podcast by sponsoring an episode. So there's a link in the show notes to check out how to become a sponsor of a particular episode here on Dr. Me First. And with the sponsorship, they're going to be different than other podcasts. You know, other podcasts is more commercially. I would love the support and sponsorship of this podcast to be a shout out to a colleague, to spread inspiration by telling about something amazing that you're doing in your life or business or practice, sharing a silly story or joke to bring some more fun into our lives, something like that that brings encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun. Whatever it is, I would love to partner with you to make this podcast better. So head to my website via the link in the show notes and sign up to be a sponsor of an episode just one time. Super easy, very inexpensive, and it will be totally tailored to this fun, energizing idea. So think about it, pop on over, and if you have any additional questions, just email me at erinwiseman at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining me, and remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.